a Radio 191 FM podcast. And the next thing on the show is from Bonnie uh, Harrison. She is uh, Dunedin. I keep saying that Dunedin Radio 1's news guru. She She talked to Grace Cowley of Generation Zero on the new Dunedin Hospital's site's adaptability to sea level rise. She talked to her earlier in the week. So here is the clip from Matt. Keep it locked on 91 FM. Kia ora koutou katoa. I'm speaking with Grace Cowley, a member of the national policy team at Generation Zero, the youth-led climate action organisation in Aotearoa, and we are talking about the new Dunedin Hospital site. Uh, In an official comment from the Ministry of Health, they told Radio 1 that the new Dunedin Hospital site will have specific provisions to target climate-based changes to the Dunedin environment. The new site is described as an at-risk area uh, from sea level rise due to climate change. Uh, It has been released to us that they are making um, some changes to make sure the building is adaptable. This includes making sure the foundations are a sufficient level high enough to ensure it will not be damaged by flooding. And the core provisions in the building also mean it is an adaptable building. It is built to be adapted uh, so that it will survive over 50 years. It brings us into a period of time where there is a certain amount of uncertainty about what um, our nation will look like if the climate crisis continues. So we're speaking with Grace Kelly. And um, what does Generation Zero think about these proposed um, changes? Is Is it an adequate response to the risk of climate change, especially in Dunedin? I suppose sea level rise is something that uh, the Dunedin City Council and probably the wider government uh, has known about to affect Dunedin for many, many years now. I think I found reports dating back to like 1997 where they were reviewing uh, sea level rise and making measurements of Dunedin. Um, In terms of is this an adequate response to the risks of climate change? Well, I guess adapting is a huge part of what we're going to have to do but you know it would be much more preferable to see a strong emphasis on mitigation and actually effectively cutting down what is the cause of this issue as opposed to sticking a band-aid on the eventual problem which is raising up buildings um, for sea level rise. I suppose um, do you think it's suitable to be building on an area that is that is known to be at risk would it be preferable to take a hardline approach and say, all right, we're not going to be building at all on these lands, which we know, if trends continue, will be underwater in a certain amount of years? That's definitely one way of doing it. But to some extent, like, if we're looking at lands that are going to be affected by sea level rise, you know, that's most of New Zealand's coastal cities. The fact that most of South Dunedin, you know, is severely at risk of sea level rise in the coming years, um, if we continue on our current emissions trajectory, the government sooner or later is going to have to have some serious hardline conversations with the community about where they're going to go, what's going to happen there. And in that case, you know, there might not be the patient base for the Dunedin Hospital if half of Dunedin has to evacuate anyway. If it is a green build, right, if it is um, a uniquely future-proofed building, should that not be a selling point? Should that not be a publicity point in the age of the climate crisis that the government's just declared? No, I don't think that's unusual at all for a couple of reasons. The first of all is that 
they probably didn't give you an estimate of how much they were raising the building up. If they start making uh, it sort of part of the public awareness that sea level rise is going to affect somewhere as inland as the Cadbury factory next to the Octagon, which is right near all the university's buildings, it's right near like the central part of, of town, then that raises a whole lot of other conversations about what the future of Dunedin as a city is going to look like if impacted by sea level rise. And what is easy to understand is that that kind of opens a huge can of worms for both the Dunedin City Council and the the government uh, in terms of what their actual mitigation uh, strategy is for climate change. And I think we've seen um, it's quite it's quite disjoint and from this government especially it doesn't seem to be something that's cohesive or well thought out especially uh with the declaration of a climate emergency but not anything more substantive uh, other than for the public sector to go uh carbon neutral by 2030 which is a big ask but it's also something that they declared back in 2007 so I think that our government is not willing to deal with what their own scientists and their own policymakers are trying to warn them about with climate change. Um, and I have a couple of, I've got so many questions about this project and I have so many questions for the people in the affected area and in South Dunedin who probably don't know what, uh, you know, how their livelihoods are going to be affected in the future. And I think it's honestly quite, I, I, wanna, I won't say damning, but it's quite terrible that um, this information isn't publicly well known because not only is it the government not showing that they are addressing this issue publicly, but it's also stopping uh, communities from making effective decisions about the things that affect their livelihoods. And it's, um, it's sort of blocking uh, democracy. Mm, yes, tell, uh, tell me a little bit more about the fast-tracking process with the RMA. So this, um, the consent for the building is, has a, the uh, Ministry of Health has applied for it to be uh, fast-tracked via the COVID-19 Recovery Act, uh, so that it'll, it'll jump through fewer hurdles in order to be built quicker. What does this mean for the build? Um, in terms of the build, it means that well, first of all, for that um, for the hospitals who get approved uh, entry into the RMA fast track process, uh, it needs to show that it is of significant public good, which being a hospital, it is, so it will probably get through. Um, there's not some, there's nothing that will probably change in terms of the building itself, other than the fact that there will be less public consultation required around the nature of the design and there'll be less uh, chance for community input. Um, and it also means that uh, environmental advocacy organisations such as Generation Zero and other listed environmental NGOs only have 10 days to review their environmental assessments, their ecological assessments, their climate change assessments, and make a formal comment and recommendations, which is a huge amount of pressure. Um, on our organisations and it's not something we are financed to do. It's not the building that's going to suffer, but it will be the surrounding community and the surrounding area who will not get to have a say. 
the way that we're going to solve this problem is not by having policymakers sitting in the beehive deciding to raise up the hospital and not telling anyone. It's going to require community input and community consultation. And it's going to require voices from the people who are most disproportionately affected by climate change, such as those from South Dunedin, who in the first national climate change risk assessment put out by the Ministry for the Environment earlier this year, are ranked some of the highest, most at-risk communities, um, both because of their uh, exposure to sea level rise and also because of the lack of resources that particular community has in potentially being able to move away and um, and being able to to adapt. And that's what is a key like central theme to climate justice is raising up communities and raising up vulnerable people and making sure that they're able to transition as well. Thank you so much, Grace Cowley, Generation Zero, a member of the national policy team there. Thank you so much. No worries. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.